One who is reading this Malo enough should not uh, hint with his eyes and shouldn't mouth something and he shouldn't point with his fingers during the first paragraph because that is the primary acceptance of the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. Because that would make him look like he's just reading uh, not in a fixed manner, in a temporary manner. And it's written, and you shall speak of them. And we expand that that means you shall make them fixed. If someone was busy working and he wanted to read the Shema, he should stop working until he's read the first paragraph. So it doesn't appear to, that he's reading, just as an aside. Uh, workers and also the owner that were working at the top of a tree or on the top of the uh, levels of the construction site they can read the Shema in their place and they don't need to descend someone who carries a load even though the load is on his shoulders may read the Shema but he shouldn't begin while he is lifting the load onto himself or taking it off, because during that time his heart, his mind, isn't settled. Simon Din one who makes a mistake while reciting the Shema, Aleph someone who read it backwards, Loyotsa has not fulfilled his obligation. what are we talking about? in the order of the Psukim. But if he read one paragraph for the other, even though that's not ideal, he's still fulfilled his obligation because they are not next to one another in the Torah. If he read a paragraph and erred, if he knows where he erred, like for example, he read the whole thing, but he skipped one pasuk in the middle. So he has to go back to that pasuk and complete the paragraph from there. If he doesn't know where he erred, he has to go back to the beginning of the paragraph. If he erred between paragraphs, that he knows that he completed the paragraph, but he is unsure whether it was the first or the second, he has to go back to the first paragraph, and then begin. So the assumption is he completed the first, and now he begins the second. Dalit. He is at He's not sure whether he's up to that word in the first or second paragraph. He has to go back to the in the first paragraph. And this is only if he has not continued to say the next verse if he did begin to say that next verse we don't make him go back to because he went according to his usual way and that shows that he's in the second paragraph one who enters and he found the congregation or he made an interruption in the uh, recitation <coughs> If someone read the Shema in parts, meaning to say that he began reading and then he paused, whether silently or he spoke, and then he went back and completed it. Even if he waited long enough that he could have completed the entire thing, he has fulfilled his duty. Even if the interruption was due to some forced nature. If he was forced and he interrupted the amount of time to complete the whole thing, in that case, he does go back to the beginning. And that's the Minhag. 
And this is no fixed amount. It depends on the reader how long that amount would be. And we don't go what the majority of people would be like. Base. Someone read the Shema and entered Shul. And he found the congregation reading the Shema. He needs to read with them the first verse. So it doesn't appear that he doesn't want to accept the yoke of the kingdom of heaven with his friends. Same thing would apply if he's in Shul and and he's davening or reciting verses. In a place that he is allowed to make an interruption. But if he is busy reciting part of davening where he cannot make an interruption, for example, from Baruch Shammar onwards, he shouldn't make an interruption. Rather, he should say the words of wherever he's up to in the same tune that the rest of the congregation is reciting that first verse of Shema. So it appears that he is reading it with them. Gimel. Kar Krishma, if he's reading the Shema Vinichnas Leveseknesis, and he enters Shul, Matsutsubu Shikaran Krishma, and he finds the congregation that they are reading the Shema, he has already completed the Shema. Tavshikaran Man called Krishma, nevertheless, he should read the entire Shema with them. And although he's already received his reward for reciting the Shema, now he will receive reward uh, as someone who's just reciting words of Torah. Says Rama, But strictly speaking, he is only obligated to recite the first verse with them, not the entire Shema. What part of davening can you make an interruption? What part can you not make an interruption from of the Shema? Between the paragraphs of the Shema, one can greet an important person, and return a greeting to any person. And in the middle of a paragraph, he can greet someone that he is afraid of. He's going aviv or rabbi. He's not so much afraid, but he is in awe of that person, like his father or his teacher. Amishu godlmen bechachma, someone who is greater than him in wisdom. Bechol shekain melechay anas, and all the more so, a king or someone who uh, acts with force against the people. Omeshiv shalom, and he can respond a greeting, ladam nichbad, to an important person. Even in the middle of a verse, except for in the midst of those two verses, one shouldn't make an interruption in those verses whatsoever. Unless you're scared that somebody standing there is going to kill you. If he forgot to put on his talisman, he can stop between the paragraphs of the Shema to put them on and make the bracha. They shouldn't make the bracha over them until after the Shema and this is our minhe concerning the talis. For those parts of the prayers, one can pause even in the middle of a pasuk, also to recite the modem rabbanon. But he should just say that word modem out loud with everybody, not the entire paragraph. When he's reciting, when he's answering Baruch he shouldn't say the extra words that one sometimes recites alongside the Chazan's Nigun. He should only say the response of Baruch Hashem that the Amen after the two brachas of Akel Kodesh and Shemet Vila has the same level of the Kedusha. <coughs> and one could respond those amens even in the midst of Shema and Ikar, and that's the law. And for all of these matters, one can make an interruption. Certainly, when one is reciting other parts of the davening, such as Tachnon. 
If a Kohen was reciting the Shema and they called him up, some say that he should interrupt, some say he shouldn't interrupt. And the law is like the second opinion. Hey, this is the definition between the paragraphs. Between the first and second brachas over the Shema. Between the second bracha and Shema. Between Shema, the, mean to say all of the first paragraph and the second paragraph. Between the second paragraph and the third paragraph. But you should make an interruption between the third paragraph and Emes V'yatsev. Don't make an interruption between Hashem Elikechem and Emes. Rather, go all the way to the word Emes, then you can make an interruption as one would be allowed to in the middle of a paragraph. If you interrupted because of fear or respect after you said emes, or you finished before the chazan got there, and you connected Hashem Lekechem with emes, and then you waited that the chazan should say those extra words and you could say it with him, you don't have to then repeat emes again. You shouldn't respond Amen after the Chazan's Gal Yisrael because that would be considered an interruption. Some say that we do answer Amen. And the Minig is to answer Amen to the Chazan. If you're doubting alone, Amen, do not answer, do not respond Amen to your own. You have to join the redemption to the and shouldn't make an interruption after you've made the bracha. Only if there was some urgent situation, like he didn't put on tefillin, and now he had the opportunity between the bracha and the Shemayna Esra, then you can put on tefillin. But don't make a bracha until after you've completed the Shemayna Esra. But don't put on a tefillin. But if he found the Talos and Tefillin before he had made the Gal Yisrael, Menichan, put them on then, once again, don't make a bracha until after the Shemayin Esra. says around, that before you make the bracha Gal Yisrael, you should make a bracha over the Tefillin, and that's the Menich. Test. You shouldn't respond Kaddish and Kaddusha between Gal Yisrael and the Shemayin Esra. So what do you do? Wait before you recite that final paragraph of Shira Kaddusha in order to respond to the Kaddish and Kaddusha. You had called Mishloi Omar Emes Vyatsiv Shachris. Anyone who didn't say Emes Vyatsiv in the morning, the Emes Vemuna Arvis and Emes Vemuna in the evening, has not fulfilled the mitzvah of Shema as is as it was instituted. Says Rama, Misho honest Vadokok, somebody who is in a forced pressured situation, Vainly Pinali Spalin doesn't have the opportunity to dive in Yarakha Krishma, Yikra Krishma at Emes, immediately after Shema, you say the all the way Shema until Emes, Vyamtin Loman, then stop and don't yet say Shara Bracha, the rest of the Bracha, Ashis Palal, until you get ready to daven, and then you can continue. And then daven in such a way that you can connect the Bracha of Galishal to the Shmana Esre. If the law of, if you have a doubt whether you read the Shema of Yosef Echad. If you have a doubt whether you read the Shema, you should go back and read the Shema and make the brachas before and after. If you know that you read it, but you're not sure whether you made the brachas before and afterwards, you don't repeat the brachas. 
not to make an interruption with extra poems. Some places they interrupt the brachot of the Shema with uh, various extra verses of poems. It's correct to avoid saying them because they would be considered an interruption. Some say that there's no prohibition in the matter. And this is the minig in all places to say it. One who's lenient and doesn't say it has not lost out. He shouldn't get involved with doing anything else. Even to start learning Torah, he shouldn't uh, make an interruption and get involved with as long as the rest of the shul are reciting piyotim. So how much more so one should, it's forbidden to speak any Idle chatter. One who is learning just by thinking, that he's looking inside a sefer and thinking what he's reading. Let's be a sura, there's no prohibition there. Because simply thinking is not like speaking. The problem with it is that by doing so, you will start speaking and you'll come to a hefsek. A person shouldn't separate himself from the congregation in a place where they had a minute to say it. And he should recite the Puritan with them. Din Paras al Shema, the law of the slicing of the Shema of Obey Sivim. Aleph. If you have a place where everybody has davened on their own, and they didn't hear Kaddish and Kaddish, one of them should stand up. He should recite Kaddish and Baruchur, and the first Baruchur, no further. This is called slicing the Shema, which is an expression of a cut piece. You only say part of it. Says Ramav Achshav. Nowadays, we don't have the minute to recite the entire bracha of Yitzhar. We simply recite and they respond that we can cut the Shema of the evening like the morning. But that's not the minute. Because going to there's no Kaddish before the Baruch of Marv. Continues the Shulchan Aruch. Once they completed the Baruch of Yitzhar, uh, then he recites the first two brachas of the Shemona Esrei out loud, or Kedusha, and then the Kedusha of Kodosh, and the third bracha of the Shemona Esrei out loud, and this is called the one who passes before the Amud. But you can't do this of Paris and over with less than Min, because these are words of Kedusha, and you need to look ideally for six who did not yet hear Kaddish and Kedusha, which would be the majority of a minimum. If they're not to be found, you can even do this process for one person who didn't hear. Even one who did hear, is allowed to do this cutting the Shema and passing before the Amud for that one person who did not hear. Nevertheless, if that one person uh, who didn't hear the Shema is able to do the cutting and is able to lead. It's better that he himself is the one who does the cutting and leading. Rather than have someone else lead when he's already heard the right parts of the communal davening. 
one who passes before the Amr of Omar and said, Gimel Brachas of Shem, it's the first three Brachas of the Shem. Ezra Yashtan called it Phil over Liasik, should then complete the entire davening and not make an interruption, even though he himself may already have davened. But the other people, they can go back and make the, the interruption, go back to what they're doing. And how much more so, the person who didn't daven uh, definitely needs to uh, uh, continue what he's saying and complete his tefillah. Uh, even though he'll afterwards have to recite the Shema, and won't have the opportunity to juxtapose the Brach of Galishol to the Shema And it's forbidden to interrupt with these matters between Galishol and Shema Esrei, or during the Krishma and its Brachas. Therefore, it's forbidden for the Chazan to make an interruption between Shema and Shema Esrei, or in the, during the Shema and its Brachas, in order to cut the Shema, for those who have come to Shul, once the community has already recited Kaisen Baruch and began the Brachas over the Shema, but in the Bracha, during Marav over the Shema, which is optional, we are allowed to make an interruption in order to help others fulfill their obligation. Someone else can cut the Shema or daven with the minion kolat filler, all of the davening filler, even in the shul where the very davened, to help others fulfill their obligation. The second chazan shouldn't stand in the place of the first chazan because that seems like a disgrace to the first one. Because then it looks like they didn't fulfill their obligation with the first guy. It would appear to me that's only when the first guy is still in shul. But they've already completed the davening. If the first lot left, then a new chazan can get up even in the place where the first was standing. Base summa a blind person. Even though he has never seen the light of day, Paris al Shema may cut the Shema and Baruch Yotzer Ma'aris and recite the bracha of Yotzer Ma'aris who creates the the luminaries. Because he too benefits from the luminaries, because other people can see and then they can show him the way to go. Simon Ayin Mihem Abtur Mikrishma, who is exempt from reciting the Shema of Yehesefim. Aleph Nashim Avadim Abtur Mikrishma. Women and servants are exempt from signing because it's a positive time-bound commandment. And it's proper to teach them that they should accept upon themselves the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. And they should at least read the first verse. Children are exempt, according to Rabbi when they have not yet reached the age of Chinuch. Even if they're at this age, the age of education, because they're not around at the time of reciting Shema in the evening, and they might still be sleeping in the morning, but it's fitting to act like Rabbeinu One who marries a virgin is exempt from reciting Shema for three days, if he has not yet consummated, because he is preoccupied with fulfilling the mitzvah. That was true in ancient times of Al-Ashra, but nowadays you come when nobody really has the right focus on the Shema, also one who is newly married should still read the Shema. Look a little further to see whether someone who's drunk should read the Shema. If somebody was involved in communal affairs and the time for Shema came, he shouldn't interrupt what he's doing. Rather, he should complete the business and then read. If there's still time to read. 
if he was busy eating or he was in the bathhouse or he was busy getting a haircut or he was dealing with leathers or he was in basin according to the Rambam he should complete it and then recite if he is afraid that maybe the time of Shema will pass, the Pasuk will come so he interrupts and reads, how is him Shivach, it's praiseworthy. According to Ravid, he needs to make an interruption immediately and read, even though there's still time to read later. A mourner and those who are involved with a dead body are exempt from reciting Shema. Someone who had a loved one time. That he is obligated to mourn for him. Even if he doesn't have the responsibility to bury him, he is exempt from reciting Shema and Davening. Even if he wants to be strict upon himself and to read, it's not right. And if he has someone who's ready to take care of all matters for him, for the needs of the burial, and he wants to be strict upon himself and read, we do not protest. When are we talking about during the week? But if the person died on Shabbos, you are obligated in reciting the Shema and other mitzvahs all day until nightfall. If he is waiting by the limits of the Trum, uh, the amount of space that he can go outside the city, to then get involved with the needs of the burial. But if he's not waiting by the Trum, he is obligated even as evening approaches. And the second day of Yom Tov is like a weekday. And the first day of Yom Tov, if he wants to bury his loved one on that day using Gentiles, then it's just like a weekday. If he doesn't want to bury him on that day, then it's like Shabbos. Gimel. Hamisham is the one who is looking after a dead body. I feel like in a Mesa, even if it's not his own, Potter is exempt from Rosh Hashanah. If there were two Shamrim, one can guard and one can read. And then it can switch places and the other one guards and he reads. Hey, one who is digging a grave for a someone who's deceased is exempt. But if two or more people were digging, uh, all that's needed for the needs of the digging at one time, paterm are exempt. But if there are extra people, so they stop and they read, and then they go back and get involved in the mitzvah. And then and those others who were who were doing it while they were away, they stop and read the Shema. It's forbidden to recite the Shema within four amas of someone who's died or in a cemetery. And if you read it, you have not fulfilled your obligation. The laws of those who are carrying the um, body and those who are doing the nicham avelim, the comforting, and those who are accompanying. Those who are carrying the body and those who switch out substitute for them and the substitutes of the substitutes. Whether those who are in front of the body, whether those who are after. Since the procession needs them to turn their exemption. All other people who are attending the Leviah, who are unnecessary, 
Chayavim are required to recite the Shema. Base Eimetzin is a base of the Kriyshma. We shouldn't take out a body to be buried close to the time of the Shema. Shein Shalzlo Yitzia Lekavro Kemishia Gizman Kriyshma because there won't be enough time to take him out and to bury him before the time of Shema arrives. We miskol Yitzia if they began taking him out. Emnaf Sikin Gedei Likros don't stop doing that mitzvah in order to read the Shema. Gimel Ha'amo Eskim Behesped Bisman Shah Meis Mutl Defname the people who are engaged in the eulogies when the body is in front of them. Nishmatim Echad Echav Karin Amuspalin they can slip out one by one and read. The Shema and Davin. Any of the of name, but if the body is not before them, him Karim Mitbalim, they can recite Shema and Davin. Va'en Yeshiv V'Demem, and the mourner sits and is quiet. Dalit. Kavru Esamayz V'Chazra Oveim L'Kal Tanchumin. If they buried the deceased and the mourners came back to accept comfort, V'Chol Amah Helkin Acharim, and all of the people go after them and come recover from the place of the. Uh, burial lamak of shempin shama avelim to the place that the mourners are standing last is sure the couple tanchumim to make the line uh to where the mourners can accept the comfort if the people can at least start even the first verse of the shema before they reach the shura the uh yaskilo they should begin the shema if not they should not Says Ramam, yes, shows by Yom Likra Achakat, as long as there's still time during the day to read the Shema afterwards. Hey, I'm Dim Shur and Achmai, those who are standing in the Shura to comfort the mourners, Apnim Shurem Pnei Avel Paturim, the ones in the inner row that uh, see the face of the mourner are exempt, but the ones who are on the outside that don't see the face of the mourner are obligated. One who is sleeping with his wife and children, how should he behave? Two people who are sleeping in the same palace, in the same bedsheets. And their flesh is touching one another. Should not recite the Shema. Unless there was a cloak that is separating between their flesh from their loins and below, from their waist and below. If he was sleeping with his wife, he may recite the Shema turned in the opposite direction. Even if he doesn't have a separation of a cloak, because she is considered like his own body. There are those who forbid, and ideally one should be concerned for their words. If you're sleeping with your children when they're still when they're still little, the same thing. You can read, recite the Shema by turning your face away without the separation of the cloak. But if they're adults, then you need to have the separation of the cloak. Until what age are they still considered? little a child a boy until he reaches 12 years old and a little girl until the age of 11 years old and even if they've reached puberty mutter is still um, permitted and in from the 13th year of a boy and the 12th year of a girl they are if they've reached puberty it's forbidden at that point without an interruption of the cloak but if they've not re- yet reached puberty, mutter is permitted. Which now you give a lechlitinog yud beis litinogus. I feel a lot of your beis aris aser. And from the thirteenth year for a boy, from the beginning of thirteen and the beginning of age twelve for a girl, uh, even if they didn't yet reach puberty officially, they are it's forbidden.